You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to the Alouettes Flight Deck, the podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouettes football. I'm Cliffy D. You can find me on Twitter at Cliffy D. And I'm Tim Capper. You can also find me on Twitter at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this podcast is presented by our good friends over at SportBuff, where if you use the promo code FLIGHTDECK-10 at checkout, you will save 10% off your entire order. So if you head over to sportbuffshop.com, use the code, and get your merch today. And don't forget, folks, the Alouette's Flight Deck is all over social media. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, at Alouette's FL Deck. Head on over to Facebook, finding at uh, facebook.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck pod. You can find the Flight Deck on Instagram, at Alouette's Flight Deck. And you can also check us out on YouTube. Make sure you do a search for Alouette's Flight Deck. To find all of our episodes there, as well as our video debut of the Puts In Helmet. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And by the way, speaking of, we are now within five new subs of unlocking the reward for that Delta jacket. Five. All we need is five. Hey, I'll go with six. <laughs> but we're within five of unlocking it. And being able to help us get our custom URL. So if you haven't already, please make sure that you uh, look us up on uh, YouTube and hit the subscribe button and get us over to that hump. And then we will be able to announce finally who's going to be the winner of that brand new, with tags, Delta Jacket. There you go. So folks, make sure you're checking us out on the internet. Make sure you're checking us out everywhere you can. You know you can find the Flight Deck on any of the major plat- podcast platforms. Or just head on over to www.alowitzflightdeck.ca to get all of our archived episodes, get caught up on the podcast, and just go forward and enjoy the podcast. Yes, sir. And I also got a care package coming in soon, Cliff, of some of our new 22 line of merchandise. And if anybody else wants to uh, rep the, the logo wherever you go, whether it be the minimalist ones or, or whether it be just having the logo straight straight on your chest, head over to teespring.com slash stores slash owls flight deck for your flight deck merch. I would also like to mention that uh, the Alouette's flight deck is not on Snapchat and will never entertain such stupidity. <laughs> Wait a minute, what, uh, what about TikTok? They're neither. <laughs> it means we got more work to do if we are. Oh, I, I don't even want to think about it. I, I, I just for what we have to go through to put a podcast out. I mean, we we do enough work, folks. I mean, if you can't follow us on on these these social media norms, then I I don't know what to say. I, I, I will say. admit, though, I think we can we could up our gram game a little bit. But you know what? It's something that we just gotta get. We just, we just have to get right, right? So, well, that's it. And listen, we, we got started on it. I mean, we we this past Thursday before the game, like that's pretty much how we. I went live. We went a little bit viral with the the whole puts in helmet. Yes, sir. To try and introduce everybody to it, you know, we wanted to get it out there, and like so, we put it on YouTube now so that everybody can truly check it out. 
Mm-hmm. And again, folks, I do apologize for the kind of gorilla type uh, filming you know, style. Like, you know, it, it's a work in progress. We're, hey, we're trying to figure this out. We're, it worked. I was able to figure it out. Get it. Get us uh, over on YouTube. Again, it was the first look. You know, every, you know, it had been promoted by the team itself, but this was the first look, as far as we know, of the actual put-in helmet. So, and that's that's what we have to talk. That's that's the first thing. Obviously, we have the game to talk about. We have a quote-unquote controversy. I don't know. Depends on who you are and what which channel you were watching. We'll talk about that. Uh, but there, there was a lot of cool stuff that at least we want to start the show with this week, Cliff, where, um, and, we, and, we'll talk, and we'll talk about the, the puts and helmet itself. We got to talk about that first, right? Because I think that's, that's really what got the most, uh, most looks, the most hype, the most, this thing was one of the biggest hype things I, I can remember that the owl's doing it a long time. And, and, and I think it's fair to say, and I mentioned it, and I'll stop saying it. But it did. It created a FOMO moment for all Alouettes fans and actually fans across the country for, for the CFL who and, and the U.S. too, who just wanted one of these very, very limited puts and helmets. Yeah, in fact, like you know, you know, you've made it when you've got like uh, ESPN and a lot of these other USA Today apparently also had talked about it as well. Uh, I mean, it got a lot of attention stateside. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, people were just like, what is this? Like, and, I mean, people know that Canadians and puts in, they, it goes hand in hand. But like, now you're putting it in a football helmet? Oh, my gosh. I yeah. mean, there, there was a lot of people that were just shocked and surprised and intrigued, if nothing else. Like, wow, this is a crazy idea. And kudos to the Alouettes. I mean, you know, like we'll talk about this, the puts in and death, what we thought of it, and the the whole concept. But I mean, as you said, they generated a FOMO moment. Yeah. They, they they got people excited. Like pe- people, they 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 created a buzz that money cannot buy. I, I mean, agree. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think I can remember the last time I was there when the gates opened at Percival Molson. You know, you were lucky enough to be able to get off when you did. We were, hell, able to come get me still and get us down there in time, and the gates just opened. Yeah, we we made a beeline pretty much right to uh, to go, go go to the concession stands. It's something that I, I can honestly say I have never done at Personal Molson Stadium is get there early enough strictly to go to the concession stands. You're so right, dude. You're so right. I, I mean, eating and drinking during the game is still something I'm – I, I don't do a whole lot of. Yeah. But yeah, like we, again, the Alouettes, again, props to their marketing, props to the team in general, creating that, that urgency. Like, cause if, if you wanted one of these puts in helmets, like they, they were not kidding when they said it was sh- very short supply, like yeah. while supplies last. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it wasn't one of those things like, you know, limited edition, only 1 billion ever made. I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> they only had a finite number of these things. And once they were gone, they were gone. And, Will they have them for the next game? I don't know. No, maybe, from, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, from what I'm under, from what I'm understanding, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more because you and I were both lucky enough to attend the uh, the Senka set this past week. Um, that they had in Stadium Cliff uh, less than a hundred of these things. They were gone within the first hour, so before kickoff. They were sold out mm-hmm. before kickoff. 
So what many don't know, and I don't remember if I put this on social media or not, or if I commented on, but this this the this whole campaign, this this whole offering was was supposed to be uh, available for week one of the Alouette's home schedule. But, wow. beca- but because of certain things when it comes to, you know, uh, being able to acquire these things and, 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 and that type of, you know, you know, the stuff that's going on these days because of uh, supply chain. Uh, supply, yeah, supply chain issue because of COVID, et cetera, and other things. Um, so th- I don't think they, they had as many, they weren't able to get as many as they wanted to. So what I'm under the impression of, and this is just me speaking I do. I think these things are limited. So anybody who got one of these, including, I think from far as I know, only one lucky U.S. fan got one because <laughs> they were here. Um, these things, you know, these things could easily be numbered to up to a hundred if that was the case. You know, sometimes they'll number car. You know, you know, like trading cards and stuff like that. Uh, you know, certain numbers. These these things could easily be numbered. Easily, they're that sure. short in supply, and I've yet to see one. And I don't know if you've checked either, but I've yet to see one on eBay. I can only imagine what they would go for if they were on eBay. Yeah, because again, you're you're talking about the idea of limited edition. I mean, this is truly limited edition. Like they were not kidding. Like they they've only created a finite number of these things. So, I mean. They really created the urgency. Like if you absolutely had to have one of these and I can see where some people would be like, mm, yeah, it's not really my cup of tea or they couldn't justify the the $90 cost of it. Right. I get that. Right. But at the same time, like if you want one of these and you want to be part of this so-called exclusive club, then you had to get your ass to the stadium and get one of these bad boys because they're not selling them online. I don't believe I've seen one on eBay yet. I'm checking uh, as we speak and I, I don't see one. Yeah. So, I mean – Again, that just says there is a market for this kind of thing. I mean, is it crazy? You know, like serving a puts in in a helmet? Of course it is. But the collectible aspect of this and the fact that no other CFL team as of now is doing anything even remotely close to this, it it, it really does make this a, a, a sought-after item. Some This is something that I think people, once you see it in, in the flesh and actually hold it in your hands and see it live, you're like, holy crap. I want one of these. I mean, yeah, and, and it, it's just incredible. I mean, like the Alouettes really outdid themselves with this. And I have to believe that the other eight CFL teams were paying very close attention to see just what kind of reaction this was. Like, how sure. well did it sell? What, what can you do with it? And to the point where maybe just maybe every other CFL team will want to do something similar again, maybe not put puts in in the helmet, for example, but other snacks, as I said, we, you know, the idea of maybe doing regionalized snacks, mm-hmm. like whatever's popular, whatever popular food stuff is in your particular CFL town, yeah, maybe fill a, a helmet with that. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be puts in. I mean, yeah, yeah, B- puts BC, in will be, BC will be Nanaimo bars, um, <laughs> or weed. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, weed can be gotten everywhere across Canada, buddy. <laughs> uh, that's true too, but I'm, I'm trying to think, what, like, what? Yeah, I guess Nanaimo bars would have to be. I mean, <laughs> I can't think of any other regionalized Vancouver cuisine. Oh, maybe salmon. Maybe I was going to say Pacific salmon. salmon. Yeah. <laughs> Get the salmon helmet. <laughs> that, yeah. That almost sounds like a naughty term. So yeah. sorry, children. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this this could be easily considered a first run uh, for the Alouettes. Maybe something will. I mean, if you want, I think Cliff mentioned it too. You can head over to to our our uh, 
YouTube page and you can see the full uh, first look video that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's again, props, like you said, props to everybody with the other organization, the marketing team, Marcini, et cetera. Great job, guys. You created something. And again, 90 bucks or not, people need to remember it's very possible that the price itself was dictated by the by how limited and how many the Alouettes had. So maybe yeah. it might have been a little bit less if they had more, but that's 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 just speculation on my part. Yeah, and again, the, the idea that you you get to take this helmet home and you could reuse it, like I'm sure, you know, people if they have Grey Cup parties or Super Bowl parties or what have you, they're going to be filling these things with chips, with salsa, yeah. with dip. Uh, I mean. I mean, you're, you're really limited by your imagination. I mean, hell, again. You, sure. <laughs> you can head over to, Lord knows there's plenty of places to get puts in Montreal. Just buy your own and fill the helmet and eat out of it again. Why not? Maybe. Because, you know, we talk about people making flights of beer. How about a flight mm-hmm. of puts in? I would love that. I would absolutely positively love that. And I wish some creative chef would come up with something of that nature. Like different sauces, maybe even different cheeses, like, you know, different cheese curds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could absolutely get creative with it and toppings, of course. And that was the thing, too, is with this puts in is one of the things that they tried to sell was that it's not just puts in. It's, you know, you've got all these accoutrements that go with it. Right. Not to mention a little snack for afterwards when you're finished the puts in in uh, Bad Monkey Popcorn. For sure. It was the, the caramel corn. And what's funny is that we were talking to um, to Charles Rourke, you know, the one of the guys with the uh, the Alouette's me, uh, media relations department. And he was asking us, he said, you know, did you try the popcorn with the poutine? And we're like, we never even thought about that. Because he actually said it created a different experience by putting the sweetness with the poutine. We didn't do it because we'd already eaten everything else. But still, yeah. it, it, it's that would be a neat idea. It, I don't know if it would garner as much uh, FOMO as the Putin helmets did, but still mm. to be able to create, if it is done properly, you know, set up one of these tents. Maybe get like Cash to do it, or get, or as I said, bring somebody in from one one of the well known uh, uh, Putineries, mm-hmm. and to create a flight of Putin. There you go. There's your next marketing idea for 2023, Alouettes. Yes, there you go. Um, but, I mean, overall, I'll give the whole thing a thumbs up. Um, it's a great experience. I feel bad for some of the some of our, our longtime friends and season ticket holders that didn't get it. But I understand that there were, there were limitations on many things. So it's, uh, you know, I'm waiting to see. Like I said, we'll see how long it takes for the very first one if it does show up on on. Uh, on eBay or on Facebook Marketplace. Right. So tell us, what, what did you think of the actual puts in itself? Uh, I would probably give it, a, now, to be f- honest, I have never had a put-in at Personal Molson. Um, I've had it in other places in Montreal. And you know what's funny? I find the best, quote-unquote, fast food put-in, to me, is over at La Belle Provence. Mm-hmm. For me. I, I I stay away from the McDonald's, stay away from the Burger King, stay away from them. In the day when they offered it over at uh, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, eons ago over at when there was a, a KFC over at uh, 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 Place Ville Marie, that was that was that was a thing in itself. Um, 
I'd, I'd probably I'd probably give it a seven, a seven out of ten. I know I mentioned to you that I felt that one of the things that took away, at least for me, took away from it after a while was because of the uh, crispy onions that were there. Uh, it was good, but I think after a while, I felt it overwhelmed the poutine a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I really didn't notice was the pulled pork. Yeah, they were kind of skimpy on that. Yeah. I have to say. I mean, that that was the one thing I was kind of disappointed about because I was kind of curious to see how it would be. I mean, I've had pulled pork on a puts in before. And again, if you get a good pulled pork, pulled pork I mean, it's 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 terrific. But uh, in this particular instance, like yeah, we got the crunchy bits of the onion, which I thought was fine. I yeah. mean, it's not something I would have gone out of my way for. But I mean, okay, it's something different, something worth trying. Uh, the sauce, the uh, kind of, you know, maples... The, or amaretto, sorry, uh, sweetened sauce, I mm-hmm. thought was, you know, a nice touch of savory sweet to it. I mean, I think it, it played off pretty well, all things considered. Right. Uh, like I said, I, I would have liked a little bit more of the pulled pork, but, uh, I mean, overall, I, I would have to agree with you. I think seven, considering what it was. I mean, I think the football helmet, like the, serving it in the helmet and like just kind of keeping it enclosed like that, it doesn't lend itself to like a long-term thing. I mean, it's almost like I would have been curious to try the puts in by itself, uh, like as it was being served, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like like pretty much right off the hop because yeah, like, I, you know, we were pretty much digging into it and we were, you know, serving ourselves in uh, little bowls of it to yeah. be able to share it properly. But exactly. I mean, it was good. It was not the best puts in I ever had, but I mean, for a, for a stadium puts in, I will have to say it was very decent. I think seven is a fair, fair remark for the Putin itself. I mean, true Putin snobs are just going to look down on it, and that's fine. I mean, that you're not. This isn't a you know a five star Michelin restaurant right. here. This is Percival Molson Stadium. You're being served puts in in a freaking helmet. I mean, what what do you want <laughs> really? Like you're not you're not you're not looking for oat cuisine right here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is. This is food you're just going to shovel into your mouth and get ready for the game to start. Kind yeah, of thing. exactly. And by the way, still by the way, props to the concession stands who allowed us to have the have a such a way where it wasn't a communal uh, a communal serving for everybody, where we had mm. enough forks and enough that uh, plates that we were able to share it with others. So uh, again, everything was done properly when it came to the concession stand. So you know, nothing but props to them too. Yeah, mind you, on social media, there were a couple of folks that were crushing those uh, all by themselves. And hey, if you can do it, more power to you. Mm-hmm. But uh, like we were, you and I were pretty well stuffed afterwards. Oh, I mean, no we, kidding. No we, kidding. We, we put a pretty healthy dent in it. I think we did share a, a bowl of it, so to speak, uh, yeah. with one of our, our seatmates. But yep. uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a lot of food, folks. I mean, let's, it, let's, let's not kid ourselves. It and was. Um, wh- what were your all th- the. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, like overall, as I said, it's you know not the best puts it in the world, but I mean for this experience for the, the the whole cachet, if you will, of having puts in out of a football helmet, it it was pretty cool. And overall, I would say it was a job well done. I mean, like you you can nitpick on certain things about the actual puts in itself and the presentation, and so on and so forth. But you know what? They're trying something out. See if it works. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they they sold a lot of helmets. So I mean, exactly, exactly. If nothing else, they 
they managed to create a buzz that money cannot buy. No, agreed. And get people talking, which you cannot beat that as far as advertisement goes. As far as trying to entice people to come to the next Alouettes game, because if they don't have the Putsin helmet, what could they be coming out with next? And that could be part of the excitement, part of the intrigue. And like, yeah, I, I, I got to go. I got to go to the next football game simply because if that's what they're doing this game, what are they doing next game? Could they be doing something different? Who knows? Only one way to find out. And that's go to the game. Exactly. And by the way, did you did you see the reactions before we talk about a little bit more of the news of the week? Um, did you see the reactions for each of the of the uh, broadcast partners for TSN and for RDS? How they I, I the, the RDS crew did it so much better than the TSN guys did. The TSN guys didn't even touch it on TV. I was like, what? What? I, I, I guess maybe because they're not they want fast food or they don't like Putin or they don't like the idea of it. Cause, you know, because each of the broadcast crews were given a, a an actual was each given a helmet. Right. Um, the RDS one was, I don't know who it was. I don't know if you saw it, Cliff. Yeah, it was uh, Bruno Hapel, former yeah. Alouette's player. He was. <laughs> the dude is shoveling it. It's like, get the dude is shoveling because it was hilarious. Yeah, he, he was just, you know, crushing that thing like there was no tomorrow. Yeah. And hilarious hilarious yeah what, i'll give them what a else 10, do you say i'll give them a 10 out of 10 on that one but yeah the, the tsn crew i'm sorry guys i'm gonna give you a, i gotta give you a four because at least try it yeah humor humor the fans exactly. let, let them know like not to mention too with just the scarcity of these helmets like mm-hmm. okay like I, I have no doubt they you know obviously pawned it off on somebody else but i mean like come on like they're being given a free helmet to to partake in this, uh, you know, craziness, like have some fun with it. Why exactly. not? I mean, yeah, RDS, they, they jumped into it. They, they got it. They understood that, you know, this is part of trying to sell something, trying to make, you know, magic happen at Percival Molson stadium. So yeah, props to them. I mean, it was just hilarious to watch, uh, Hapel just, he, he was sho- like you said, he was shoveling it in. It was like, crazy. It was like, like he was a star, like he was a starving man being given his first meal in weeks. It was funny. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, you got a chance to go to your second in a row just by how the luck of the draw went. And I was invited to also to the uh, to the Alouette Sankaset this past week, which was held over the Lacage over on DeCary, um, over in uh, our Rue de Jockey. Um, I, I, for my first, you know, other than being in Percival Molson for the games, this was kind of pretty cool. Um being there, seeing uh, Mara Ciccini was there and uh, and uh, Joey Affieri, um, uh, Chandler Worthy, uh, Tyson Philpot. Who am I forgetting? I know I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, Christoph Norman was yep. there. Yeah. And, and uh, oh gosh, <laughs> I'm blanking here. We should know too. Uh, so bad. So bad. Who? Oh, 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 I heard you by oh, Ella. Our, our, God, this is terrible. We've had to hurt you on the show. I'm sorry, pal. <laughs> it's, yeah. actually, it's the first one we went and said hello to. So. Yeah. But it was fun because it literally is, as they said, the Sanka set was being, was being paid for by the team. Um, they offered beer uh, and seemed to be more than one. If you wanted more than one, you could have more than one because the, the ownership there did an amazing job. I don't know the manager's name, but he was doing an amazing job. Um uh, wings, nachos, uh, cider. So obviously Tim Capper was happy. Um, 
And I, I, one of the thing I joked to you about right after is I saw, I saw them paying the tab near the end. And I really wanted, I really wanted to go and ask, so what was the damage? (laughs) And I always say, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. So, (laughs) so yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the Alouettes got their uh, air, air, air mile points. So, <laughs> or their cashback rewards or, or what something. Have you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it was it was great. I mean, like like I said, folks, it, if again in Quebec, a uh, happy hour is called Saint Cassette. So, like from five p.m. to seven p.m. So it's a chance for the fans, season ticket holders, to meet with players, meet with the officials of the team, and just you know kick back, have a beer, or what have you, mm-hmm. and just you know relax, uh, shoot the breeze. Uh, you know, it's just a chance to you know really. Get in touch with your players and get exactly. to know them. And exactly, it, it was great. Like you know, it was a very relaxed atmosphere as always. Uh, you know, guys were you know just sitting talking about a lot of things. And the one thing that really came across more than anything else, regardless of who we spoke with, mm-hmm. like just still the positivity. Still, despite yeah. everything that's going on, is the fact that this team still very much believes in itself. Like yep. this, this is there's no division in the locker room. There's nope. no. There's no any sort of discord or anything like that. Like obviously, there's frustration. Obviously, this is not where they expected expected to be. And as they've we've talked about it, and they've talked about it too. A couple bounces here and there. This team could easily be much better than their two and six record indicates. But yeah, it sure. is what it is. I think they realize that too, and they they know that there's there's still a lot of time. But at the same time, you've got to start winning, and it it starts with one. It just starts with one. If somehow the the main focus they really think that they can beat Winnipeg this week they they really believe like based on how they played last Thursday against the Blue Bombers like they feel like they can hang with this team and truly should have gotten the win so their their mindset clearly is we can beat these guys if it comes down to it we can beat these guys it's just we got to stop beating ourselves yeah like, that was the one thing that I said that your toughest opponent right now guys is the Montreal Alouettes. If you can find a way to play your opponent and stop playing the Montreal Alouettes, you're going to win a lot more football games. Yeah, they are, and, and, they, and they all agreed. Everybody they, yeah. we spoke to agreed with with no reservation, with no reservation at all. Um, also, they had giveaways too. They gave away a couple of uh, signed jerseys. So, yeah. it, fans, Alouette season ticket holders, if you get the chance and you see that email, by the way, even before you get the email, because I was able to, I, I went into my ticket portal and saw it before I got the before I got the in, or the official invite. Go into your ticket portal, check, especially when it'll be. Remember, they're after every home game. Yeah, the uh, Monday after every home. Yeah, game. the Monday after every home game. I don't know how they're going to do the Thanksgiving Day game, but uh, that'll we'll figure they'll figure that out. I'm sure. I'm sure they will. Um, but check. Hey, Take advantage of it. It's well worth the time. And uh, are they going to be holding it in the same place each week? We don't know yet, but it was a great venue for them to hold it at. And, uh, yeah, take take advantage of it and it's uh, do something you've never done before. Absolutely. And once again, hats off to the Alouettes for this initiative. I think it's uh, a really a fantastic way to really reach out to your season ticket holders, a nice way to reward them for their mm-hmm. loyalty. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like – and whether you're a 20 plus year season ticket holder like Tim or just a couple of years like myself, I mean, it really was luck of the draw as far as uh, who all gets invited. So, I mean, if you get that opportunity, folks, if you get that golden ticket, 
by all means, take advantage of it. I mean, it's a great way to go and meet some of your players, uh, you know, meet, the, meet the people behind this team as well. Because what better way to really, if you've got questions, concerns about how things are with the team, whether it's on or off the field, this is a great opportunity to do it. Like just address, you know, those those concerns of yours will be addressed. At least at least make your voice heard, if nothing else. If you're not happy with certain things, you can talk to, you know, the president of the football team and explain to him why you're not happy with this or why you think this is a great idea. If you're concerned or whatnot about players, like they're right there in person. You walk right up to them, let them know what's up, and they want to hear from you. They they love the feedback. They they want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. They, they want to know things from your perspective as well, because they deal with things on the football field. They want to know what the other perspective is. They really do. That's That was the, the one impression I got above all else is that they were truly interested in what we had to say. And, you know, we'll, we'll always be honest. We'll always be fair about how we view things. And folks, I think you'll come away really impressed with just how these events go. And, it it just makes for a very uh, welcoming and informative evening as well. Yeah, because yeah, you, you yeah you go there and you you have a cocktail or two and you know get to chat with people. But really, like if you really want to know how things are working within the team itself, what better opportunity to do so than at an event like this? Exactly. Um, so again, make sure you take it to check your check your seat, your ticket portal and go from there. Um, yeah. Uh, other quick news that we learned this week, and uh, just something real quick, is that uh, I actually did learn from the Alouettes PR director, uh, Chuck Rook, that the, the team has actually stopped producing media guides, uh, physical or digital. Um, so the last version that is going to be available to anybody currently is the nineteen uh, sorry is the 2019 version that is the digital version that is on their website. Um uh, what, what, uh, what I know you're not a big as big of a stats guy as I am, Cliff. But what are your thoughts on this? Because you know what's funny is when we're speaking with Charles, he was talking about you know how how much time it took to do these things, which I get. But there mm-hmm. are still some people who like to keep an updated version of the Alouettes history rather than because it currently it's not really available online. It really isn't. You really can't check. Uh, all-time rosters, you can't check you, uh, you know, um, records and stuff like that because there's no real one place to go to. Um, mm-hmm. But but what he it, what an interesting comment for him was he was talking about having a either a pocket schedules or a magnets uh, magnet schedule available for fans. He he would love to see that return. That 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 was surprising to hear that considering that the you know the team hasn't had the, that and you know real tickets in years and, and stuff like that but i mean it's what what was your for you just is it really a big thing in you for in your mind when it, hearing about that they're not going to be producing media guides anymore i mean if they're going to make a concerted effort to make sure that all of that stuff that you would find in a media guide is available on the website then i can appreciate and understand why they wouldn't want to go through all the trouble to do this one particular thing I mean, it's kind of gone the way of the dodo bird as far as that, along with like actual physical tickets plus uh, I hate that pocket too. schedules. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's I, I we could appreciate those things, but at the same time, I understand why these things are just I, I, they're not being produced anymore, and I, I get why. And uh, you can blame COVID, you can blame technology, you can blame all sorts of things as to why these things are. But I mean, it. it 
I think it's just a matter of the times that are changing and it's all well and good. If you're not going to do a media guide, then you better make sure your website has all of that information available, 100%. like readily, readily available too. Like you shouldn't have to go on a great search and clicking on a whole bunch of links just to try and find information. Like it should be almost instantaneous. Like you should be able to find out stats on the Alouettes, like all time stats, anything like that with just one or two clicks and boom, there's your info. If you can do that, right. Rather, then yeah. Other than I mean, following me on t- on Twitter. <laughs> well, I mean, well, and if you're not following Tim, if you're looking for Alouette stats, you're not following Tim, then you folks are just, you're, you're wasting your time, quite frankly. <laughs> Get on that. But again, as if you're, if you're not going to do a media guide, fine i i get why because yes it, i imagine it's a very arduous task and sometimes too like you put together a media guide and it's almost you know by the time the season gets underway it's already out of date so if you're deciding instead you want to put all your stats your records all that jazz you want to put it all strictly on the website fine that makes sense but make sure it's up to date make sure as Records change as transactions are done. Make sure mm-hmm. everything like that, it, it's going to be up to date. Yeah. 100%. If you do it that way, then fine. No need to do a media guide. But uh, otherwise, yeah. Like well, I said, that would it's be just, your media guide. That would be the yeah. media guide. It, you know, like a concept. But, but the problem is, though, right now, there is, there isn't there. It isn't there. Right now, as far as I know, I think only the stamps have an online digital version of, of the what I would consider a real media guide. You know, right. not everybody should have to go through Steve Daniel, even though he is the stats guru of the CFL, you know, in order to get, uh, you know, figure out these different stats and stuff like that, even though I've done the same thing because I'm limited also. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, honestly, if they can still do it in the NFL, I don't know if it's mandated by the league. I honestly think, because I've, I've been through with many leagues before, where a media guide is an essential part of a team and it is mandated by the league if that is the case because if you're not going to print them you're not spending as much you're not going to be spending as much money on them you're still going to be you know they're still going to be available i honestly think the league the cfl should mandate them if you're not going to have one central location and hub for all stats for all teams you need to i'm sorry you need to mandate it the league Mm -hmm. needs to mandate it well, that's it. And if it's just a simple matter of making sure the website's updated, then fine. Then that's that is your media guide right there. Because otherwise, it'd be kind of redundant to have a media guide and then have all those same stats, facts, and f- facts and figures on the website as well. So I get that. But then, but you got to be committed to it. Like people shouldn't have to go on this great scavenger hunt just to get stats. Mm-hmm. I agree. It should be readily available, whether it's by the league or by all of it, all nine teams, whomever. It d- doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's got to be someone who is on top of that, making sure that you can find out just about any kind of stat that you need almost instantly. Yeah, and searchable database. That's the thing. So it's yeah. Anyways, I it is what it is. I honestly think that it's. I think that they. If, yes, it's a part of being a pro franchise. Could you see what it would be like if the CFL stopped producing their league media guide? Come on. They may not, may not be printed, printed much anymore, but still. Anyways. Well, that's it. So either do it online and do it properly or, you know, yeah. like that's it. That's, that's the answer yep. right there. Yep. So from what Cliff and I have talked about, what, did you get it put in? Did you like it? What do you think of the idea? Do you think that the league, that the team should start uh, g- making uh, media guides again? Let us know. You can, uh, 
reach out to us over on social media or you can email us. Uh, you can email me at tim.capper at alouetsflightdick.ca or you can email cliff at clifford.pine at alouetsflightdick.ca. Uh, so just let us know. All right. Get it out of the way. Uh, back-to-backs are weird um, because obviously you're playing the same team twice and it's it's only so much that you can say the first time that you said the second that you're going to say the second time, right, Cliff? So it's <laughs> um, so the Alouettes go into this game. Obviously, uh, uh, very surprisingly, they were. I think it was only a five point underdog, uh, considering how good that this Blue Bombers team has been for the year. Um, for three quarters, this Alouettes team hung with them toe to toe in front of the, the the largest crowd at Percival Molson since the pandemic. So, you know, they they lose 35-20. And, and you have disagreed with me on this, but I honestly think that the score does not indicate the type of game that it was. It's not indicative at all. I know you disagreed, but 35-20, that was the final score. 21-6 in the fourth quarter, that was the, the difference right there. And it all started, unfortunately, with a field goal off the upright by David Cote in the fourth quarter, which would have, I think, put the Alouettes up by three. Yep, because they were, believe it or not, tied with the back-to-back Grey Cup champions. I mean, if you could, like, nobody, nobody would have envisioned that the Alouettes, considering how they've been playing as of late versus the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, being 8-0 going into this game and how they've been playing, no one in the world would have given odds of the Alouettes being able to hang with the Blue Bombers. Yeah. But sure enough, this this game was tied 14-14 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, the, the Alouettes could have actually taken the lead had Cote made that field goal attempt. And yeah. unfortunately, he had the leg. Unfortunately, I don't know if there was wind, but... I, think uh, I, I was wondering too, man. You know, it, it's... But he doinked it. He doinked it. He did. Um, there were, for the first three quarters, there were some positives, but, it, but to be honest with you, there are a lot of negatives. Especially when you basically dominated Zach Caleros for three quarters. Sacks, interceptions, fumble returns. And you get three points. Was it out of five turnovers or four turnovers? Either way, four. That's still disgusting. Where you only get three points out of four turnovers. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so Zach, Zach Claros is human. We've determined that now. He's he's not Superman. Although I will say he he definitely has crossed over into that elite status as far as quarterbacks go in the Canadian Football League, mm-hmm. but. His play was not that elite. No, this past this past Thursday, he no. he looked human. I mean, he made mistakes. Montreal got to him, made him make mistakes, which pretty much is what you would have had to do. But also, too, by that same token, you got a profit off of those turnovers, and three points, my friends, is not profiting at all. No, it's 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 a it's it's a joke. It's a joke. You know, I mean. <laughs> There's no way to say it. I mean, they lost. They they are what they are. And in the week east this year, you know, they fall to zero and eight in these whiteout games at home. It's like, uh, uh, you know, again, some positives, 
a lot, in my opinion, a lot of negatives. Um, you know, they were doing done so well when it came to the red zone as of late, but they've just just been just absolutely atrocious recently when it comes to scoring points in the in the red in the red zone. Um, you know, yeah. Once again, you're coming away with field goals. You're holding on to the ball too long. You're just not doing the things that you need to do. Like wasted opportunity after wasted opportunity after wasted opportunity. Yeah, no, it's true. And it's unfortunate. It's true. Because, yes, there, there there are some positives to this game, folks. There was a lot of things we saw that we liked. I mean, let's just take a look at things defensively. Well, I was about to say, 14 all, 14 all after, th- after three. The Owls, I'm sorry, I don't know, care what anybody says. The Owls were 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 winning in every single way, shape, or form except for on the scoreboard after three quarters. Agreed. They looked better than the Blue Bombers did. And to the point where I was wondering, did they actually say what we joked about, about maybe going out and enjoying the nightlife the night before? <laughs> maybe that's why they seem so kind of disorganized and even a little bit listless. I mean, they were playing decent football for the most part. I mean, they were able to drive down the field, but I mean, Montreal was hanging with them. They really, truly were. That's probably what was so confounding more than anything else was the fact that, okay, like this is the big, bad blue bombers who props to them. They, they've been getting it done all year, regardless of how they've won. They've won every single game that they played in, in 2022. That's right. And people were expecting this to be a blowout. Like people were expecting the bombers to just walk all over the Alouettes, considering how things have been for them over the past couple of weeks. But Montreal truly, truly hung with them, and it was incredible to see. I mean, it, 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 defensively, as I said, like guys that we were very harsh on were involved in the turnover game. Yeah. Wesley Sutton, yeah. Mark Antoine Decoy. What a what a. <laughs> Oh, the interception and the and the, the, the oh those both both of those interceptions, man. Woo. Oh yeah, and Najee Murray is Mm-mm. my goodness, this guy. And I had to laugh because Najee Murray comes from the same city as Zach Caleros. That's true. So yeah. these two know each other pretty well, and you have to believe, like, okay, like he Najee really wanted to to show up and show out. Like he's been doing a, a solid job for the Alouettes this year, but. You got to believe that. Okay, going up against another guy from your hometown, you know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna want to show out a little bit, and he did that. I mean, he had a couple of nice tackles. Uh, he had that incredible pick off of Caleros. It, it's just unfortunate that, despite all that, Montreal still just couldn't capitalize on these things. Yeah, I mean the the Decoy interception was literally out of nowhere, in the sense that. Caleros heaved a bomb towards Nick Dembski, who caught the ball and then proceeded to turn it right. It was like almost practically hands. It felt like he was handing it off to the Qua. I I like, wait, what? Because we, it was right in front of us too. Like, we expect, okay, this is a touchdown. Like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. How does the Qua have the ball? I know. (laughs) I know. Okay, turn over. It's almost like it went through his hands, so to speak. But it was, yeah. They, they, that's it. That was one of the few. Po- that was one of the few positives within the game itself. I mean, even even the something we've not seen very much this year. Uh, we actually had a a, a a trick play, including with uh, Eugene Lewis. He didn't. Oh, yeah. He came close to completing the pass, but it's still it's it was something different. 
Yeah, so so unfortunately, because his QB rating was over a hundred, because he, <laughs> he's I think he's only thrown three or four passes in his CFL career, but they've all been touchdowns or close, or they they've all been completions for sure. Yeah, and I think three out of his four were touchdowns. So I mean, like, dude's got an arm. Like, yeah, of, of all the quarterbacking woes that the Alouettes have, like uh, we know Gino can catch the ball, but you know he can throw it too. Like maybe. Maybe think about finding a way to do this a little bit more often because <laughs> dude, dude's got an arm. May as well take advantage of it. Yep, exactly, exactly. Um, let, let, let's get to the let's get to some of the highlights or lowlights here. You know, Trevor Harris was in sixteen to twenty six for one hundred and twenty seven yards, two picks in the fourth quarter, um, and one touchdown. Uh, Dominic Davis came in uh, did admirably, I guess we could say, against possibly the twos or twos or the threes. I don't know, but it was, uh, he was four or five for seventy-six yards and a touchdown. Um, Garbage time uh, stats still count, folks. Yep. Uh, Jeshwin Antwi, considering how close they were in the third quarter and going into the fourth quarter, I'm still very surprised. You know, it was still a grand total of fifteen rushes by two, by the two guys. Okay, I'm going to give a little bit more of that. Yeah, 15 rushes for a grand total of 68 yards. Jeshwin got most of the things at 10 rushes for 45. Um, I still thought there would be more rushes, to be honest with you, considering how close it was. But, you know, it's just, it just again, the, uh, you know, only 26 pass attempts. But that, mind you, Claris did the same thing. Dude, Claris was, Claris was 15 to 26 for 210. He had three picks and two TDs. Almost identical stats for both these two quarterbacks. It's hard to believe, and you would never, you you would assume, basically looking on that, like, okay, well, one guy's clearly better than the other. I'm like, in that instance, I could honestly say, like, neither quarterback really was outstanding. No, no, not that, at all. But it, it really did come down to taking taking advantage of the opportunities when they're given to you. And that's really what it came down to more than anything else was just being able to capitalize on your opponent's mistakes, yeah. which Winnipeg did a much, much better job. And also, too, whenever they faced any sort of adversity, whenever they gave up a score, it was almost like immediately they shifted into another gear and were just able to march down the field. Like even being pinned at like, you know, like at the five yard line or even on the two yard line at one point. They were able to march all the way down the field. Yeah. No problem. Like, And it wasn't a matter of the Alouettes, you know, giving up a stupid penalty in, in order to move the chains. It was really, truly Zach Caleros just connecting with the receivers or giving the ball to Brady Oliveira, who is just so fun to watch. Like, my God. Oh, this, I agree. This running back is just on another level. And it, it's so funny. Like, when we were talking with Derek Taylor last week about uh, him being the, the breakout star, I mean, like, he comes as advertised 100%. Like this guy, he, he had fun, I think, playing against the Alouettes. I think he was able to showcase what he can do and prove that he is, without question, the future when it comes to the running game in in the, in the Winnipeg. Yeah, and it, it's just very frustrating, too. The, Trevor Harris had his second worst game in Alouettes history, uh, only to the, the Week 13 game last year where he had 123 yards. Um, again, it's... He is a consistent quarterback, as we're seeing. It's not that the, the, you know, uh, he's close. He, not very many incomplete passes, but the problem is, and we've seen this over the past couple of games, and now hearing 
that he has a potential back injury, even though he's going to be playing through it, is that he's not a mobile quarterback. And a very good um, example of that, Cliff, was just for the very short time that Dominic Davis came in the game. Two totally different quarterbacks when it came to how mobile you were. Absolutely. And And, and it's something that the Owls need is a mobile quarterback. Without question. And it's not Trevor Harris, I'm sorry to say. And yes, when he, once again, this is the, the, if you want to call it criticism, I've had of Trevor Harris is he holds onto the ball way too long and does just enough to pad his stats to convince you that he is an elite quarterback. But the stat that counts the most, most, ladies and gentlemen, is wins and losses. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Trevor does have more losses than he does wins, not uh, as, as a member of the Alouettes. Yeah. And you can defend it as much as you want. You can try to justify his play as much as possible. But some of these things are just unforgivable. Like so many, like, there's a lot of times where Winnipeg was able to just stuff him, like absolutely stuff him, try to flush him out of the pocket and I don't know what he's not seeing or if it's coverage is really that good that he just felt like he couldn't, you know what? You're better off just throwing the ball away more than anything else. And I don't know if it was just a matter of being too scared to throw because yeah, he also got picked a couple of the throws that he made too were just, uh, ill-advised shall we say, but that's football. It's going to happen to any quarterback, but truthfully, I, I'm just seeing the same stuff over and over again when it comes to Trevor Harris, when it comes to these these glaring mistakes. You know, like, if you're holding on to the ball that long, like, something's got to be – got to switch something up. Something's got to be yeah. done. Uh, Trevor's, you know, like, Trevor's three and seven. Technically, again, three and seven with an asterisk should be three and eight because of the – when he was brought in for, for uh, Vernon. Yes. So he's three and seven officially. Something something has to change. We need, you know, and I think it was brought up in the media this week is that, you know, again, another great performance by Eugene Lewis, you know, 123 yards and nine receptions, 15 targets. That's the issue. And Danny Mack brought that up is, if I'm not mistaken, at one point, uh, Gino got three straight passes, I think. Mm-hmm. And everybody else, all other, all other wide receivers have less than, uh, have no more than three. And the yardage, the yardage, there's nothing. You know, Reggie White was the second leading receiver on the team at two receptions for 33 yards. Everybody else was under, under 20. Yeah. And it, you've got weapons on this team. There's no question about that. It, better, best example, Tyson Philpot. Thank you. That's where I was going to. Go for it. My, my God. Yeah. I mean. This guy is definitely making his case for Rookie of the Year. At least the Alouettes nominee for Rookie mm-hmm. of the Year. Yep. I, I don't know about the rest of the East if they anyone else would feel that way, but Tyson Philpot is he is that guy. Like my goodness, and on all facets of the football too. When you think about it, I, I mean, he had himself a touchdown. Yep. Uh, you know, his return game is outstanding, and even special teams tackle. He leveled this dude. Yeah. Like there, the one. One of Winnipeg's returns, like he rocked him. I mean, my God, we were talking about it with him at the uh, the San Cassette. Like, I'm like, dude, you killed a man. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> you can see the smile on his face. Like, he was just so proud. Like, he 
you can tell he he loves playing football. He loves playing at this level. And he really wants to make his name hurt. Like, I, I think, I don't know if he, he and his uh, twin brother, Jalen, if they got some sort of friendly competition amongst themselves, they have to. I mean, they're they're both competitors and they want to prove to each other, like, hey, you know, I think I'm the better of the the younger Philpots. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, when it's all said and done. But uh, the, the decision to go and trade up so that you're able to draft Tyson Philpot, I remember being shocked at first because, like, Okay, I don't know if we need another national receiver, considering we have Herjie Mayala, Kayon Julian Grant, and so forth. But my goodness, this has yeah. really turned out to be a master stroke to be able to go and get a Tyson Philpot because he is only going to get better. That's the beautiful thing. He is only going to get better. Yeah. As this as this offense grows and improves, and they they once they get things figured out, if you find a way to get this guy more reps and just get him more involved in the action. Like this is a guy that can really truly break out, and the best is yet to come. That's the beautiful part is he's just getting started in his CFL career. I know. And by the way, the hit was in the third quarter against uh, Janarian Grant. Yeah, and, and that guy is next to impossible to catch. But yeah, and, and by <laughs> the way, Philpot just leveled him. <laughs> and by the way, we don't know what what happened. And, you know, as everybody knows, Warren Newman was listed as the returner. Far wasn't hurt. He wasn't here. He was placed back on the practice roster this week. It's just Philpot. I guess they wanted because Philpot, as everybody knows, he's been doing some returning this year, mm-hmm. and he's been been very successful, extremely successful to the point where, as as much as we've enjoyed what Chandler Worthy has done in the return game, he's banged up, so he's not going to be participating it for the the short term. But this is truly Tyson Philpot's opportunity to show what he can do. Yeah, and we've talked about this before. Like rookies in the CFL, you got to make your bones on the practice, or not the practice, but the uh, special teams. Yes, sir. You know, and whether it's tackling or defending or what have you, but I mean, if you're a returner, if you're able to return the ball to a great degree, it's only going to work in your favor, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and Tyson Philpot is proving it's early still, and you know. You know, there's still a, a, a lot of ways to go, but and what he's done so far in Montreal, I mean, he is he is proving to be everything we thought he would be, and then some, mm-hmm. and just a chip off the old block from his dad. I mean, his, you know, we we know what kind of player Corey Philpot was, and if Tyson and Jalen too, really, when you think about it, if like they know they want to try to be as good as he was, if not better, and Tyson, I can say right now, I mean, it's early still, but. You see the makings of a very successful football player right there. And again, folks, the best, as far as I'm concerned, is yet to come. Yep. Yep. Um, what? Any positives that we can take away from this before we talk about the controversy during the broadcast and, and before we get to the, I guess, the short uh, preview of the game coming up? Because, I mean, we're talking about the bomb. We're playing the Bombers again this week. So uh, Al's trying to. Uh, Alouettes are not are trying to, you know, avoid a a a back to back sweep since uh, Calgary versus Calgary in 2013. Uh, anything, anything else? I mean, it's I mean, you look at the receiving, you look at the yardage. I mean, the the Blue Bombers, a lot of their stuff. You know, even as many yards as they had, the Owls were in it for three quarters. And whether the again, whether the the kick off the uprights was the catalyst. 
it started the spiral for the Alouettes in the fourth quarter. But I mean, it's what what are you, what do you take away other than what what else we've already talked about? I mean, realistically, all this game showed was for the first three quarters, this team can hang with the back-to-back Grey Cup champions. I think if you can take nothing else away, regardless of what you think of what the Alouettes have done this year or haven't done this year, is the simple fact that this team can be competitive. This team can run with the big dogs, so to speak. It's just a matter now of putting it all together. As far as, like, this team, you've talked about this numerous times. This team is consistently inconsistent. Yes, and they're... Versus Hamilton. Yeah, they're in that that rut now, too. (laughs) Well, two weeks ago, against Hamilton, they played three quarters of absolutely terrible football. The fourth quarter, they came alive and got it together. Last week, they played the first three quarters... Not great football, but decent competitive football. Like, like I said, they were able to hang with these guys. And then it just fell apart in the fourth quarter. So make up your mind. Are you a fourth quarter team or not? Are you a, a team that can score with punishing defense? Or are you all offense, no defense? Like like nothing about this team is consistent at all. Like no. literally nothing other than not being able to close out games. Not being able to get the W Uh, that's the only thing they seem to be consistent about lately is just finding ways to lose. And that's really what it comes down to. Unfortunately, like good teams like the blue bombers find ways to win. And unfortunately the Alouettes just find ways to lose new creative ways to lose. And you just can't get a read on it. That's a, that's a really frustrating part. It's not like you can, you can probably pinpoint the, 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 the missed field goal as like the catalyst if you want, but to me, like it, I just think there's so many things throughout the game, little things that just sort of snowballed and became big things, and it just fell apart at the worst possible time. And Winnipeg, yeah. to their credit, was able to take advantage of it and just working their plan. Like they were just hanging in there, like just kind of almost like playing rope a dope, like just sort of okay, let the Yellowwoods punch themselves out, and the minute they start to you know show that chink in the armor you go after it. And that's exactly what they did. And that's pretty much how they were able to walk out of Percival Molson with their ninth win of the season yeah. was they were able to take care of things. They were able to, whatever mistakes they made, they were able to recover from them and learn from them and do better as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Montreal, unfortunately just hasn't been able to do that. They, they realize that they've made mistakes. They accept that they've made mistakes, but what have they done to correct them? And I think that's the key is that they just, they know they make mistakes, but they still haven't figured out how to stop making the mistakes or learn from them and find a way to get those wins, like how to turn those little opportunities into eventual victories. Yeah. Once they figure out how to do that, this team is definitely going to be fantastic. But until then, it just becomes a matter of what could have been. Yeah. And that's the really unfortunate part. Yeah, it was the penalties in the fourth quarter uh, that led to the fir- the the, t- the go-ahead touchdown for, for Winnipeg. Uh, I think there, it was also a, um, they called it a piling on, but it wasn't a piling on. It was a, um, uh, pyramiding, pyramiding, which gave them the opportunity, including another penalty. Uh, there was the punt return by Grant. And once you, you know, you saw the, you saw, it, it was like, you know, it, it was like the parting of the Red Sea. That's exactly what it was. He went, just went right up. There was nobody there. Nobody. And then what you and I, I think, agreed upon is the giving up 
on that last touchdown. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just like, let them score type of thing. And yep, pretty much. And then I, the, the, we have to talk about because it it's funny in a way, but then you had the, 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 the clown show on the two point convert. Was the two point convert? Yeah, the the sorry the extra the Reggie, point. the Reggie White Jr. touchdown. Yeah, the Reggie, Reggie. the last touchdown. So many penalties. I think it was go for the pen. Go, was go for the kick. Then not no no because if you go for the two point, you have to continue going for the two point. Exactly. So it. So was, did, yeah, <laughs> they did. They didn't get it. So there's a penalty. They replay it. Interception. Took it all the way to the house, but another penalty brought it back. I think what they ended up, I think it was like three or four attempts before they finally got it. <laughs> yeah. Or no, they didn't get it actually. Uh, no, you are correct, sir. You are correct. Yeah, I think after four, te- like, like I said, or when they would get it, it would be penalty. It would be snuffed out. Or you know, it was just a comedy of errors, folks. Here it is. I mean, it was. I'll read it to you. And this is at 43 seconds. On the defense, offside, accepted. Then it was a uh, procedure on Montreal. And then it was roughing the passer on that pick. Uh, that would score them two, and then, and <laughs> I think, and then following it, Montreal got an illegal kickoff. So, <laughs> you know, penalties penalties were decent. You know, we still it's still an issue. You know, we had less than ten, thank God. But, anyways, it, we just have to move on. The only thing, again, was this quote unquote controversy. Come on, Cliff. Do it. You got to do it because we got to start. Thank you. Again. (laughs) Okay. Again. (laughs) All of a sudden, after supposedly many years of this, of these fans, and we know who these fans are. We have not met them, but we've sat near them where they are continuously playing their horn. They're being fans and playing their air horn. That kind of pissed people off during the actual broadcast because it was constantly being played during the broadcast or or during the defense that, you know, during while Winnipeg was on offense. Yeah. It, it is placement of the microphones to get the crowd noise into the broadcast. Uh, People that I've spoken with that watch the game on RDS for the French broadcast it wasn't as elevated as it was on TSN. So there just needs to be some sort of, I mean, everybody said something. The French broadcaster said something about it. We've had fans claim that they turned off the, the broadcast because of it. I don't buy that for a second. You know, so I, I don't understand why people are so butthurt and in an uproar over this thing where these fans Again, it's got to be placement of some sort with the microphones because these fans have been there. I don't remember there being as that this much complaining when the last time that we sat near them for a game that was a few Thanksgivings ago. So, I, I just don't get it. I, I understand it's a part of it. I don't see you know the only thing that re- the good thing that came out of it was the epic trolls by the Alouette social media team. Mm-hmm. And I want to expand upon this too. The fact that when it comes to Montreal football folks, I have to say, like Montreal fans, when they're excited, when they're loud, they're boisterous. 
it's great. It, it makes for a great atmosphere. Like this, this past Thursday, as you said, Tim, this was their biggest crowd in a long time, at least in the post-COVID era, if exactly. you want to call it that, yes. for lack of a better term. Yeah, it is, yeah. So the fact that fans are there, they're wanting to make noise, they're, and they're starting to realize, like, I've, I've, I'm finding we're getting more people that are into the football experience. And what I'm talking about is, in the past, we've gotten a lot of fans that it was obvious that they were given free tickets by their boss or they won tickets through a contest or what have you, and that was their way into the game. And they had no idea how to act during a football game or what to do. And that's where you get things like you know doing the wave on offense and people walking by you during the play going on. Like a lot of the things that really irk me about what I've come to call tourist fans, like fans that are just there, they didn't realize there's a football game going on and they just go about their business and, you know, just have no clue whatsoever as right. to how you're supposed to be during a football game. And I understand like sometimes it really is. If it really is your first time and you don't know, that's one thing. But I mean, if you're coming and you just like, these are things that the team has to do to try to educate fans a little bit better. But the one thing that they, they're getting a lot better at now is the right times to make noise. I mean, making noise on defense is key. There's no question about that. Any football team will tell you the exact same thing. You got to make noise on defense to try and disrupt the quarterback. Yeah. And that's what, you know, whether it's clapping, cheering, or using these air horns. I mean, is it a bit much? Maybe. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I think maybe it, it can be a bit much. But at the same time, this team is desperate to try and get fans interacting with this team and getting them interested and paying attention to the game. And part of that is when they tell you, make some noise you make some freaking noise. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love the cowbells. I love whatever it takes to make as much noise as possible. Obviously, you can't bring in whistles, but because, uh, you know, th that's going to cause all kinds of headaches. Exactly. But when it comes to the air horns, and th these two are not mechanical air horns. Like, they're not, uh, uh, what do you call it, like, filled with, uh, I want to say helium, but uh, there's another gas that they use for them. Like actual air, like actual real like, true like, air like horns. Like liquid nitrogen or something like that, whatever, whatever is it. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, again, like those, air, like these are like hand-pumped air horns that yeah. are making those noises. And you know what? If you find that annoying, your, your complaint shouldn't be with the fans. Your complaint shouldn't be with the Alouettes. And to even a lesser degree, it shouldn't be with the CFL. TSN, folks. They're the broadcasters. They're the ones that set up microphones throughout the stadium. Their producers, their director could have just as easily cut off the mic or moved it to another location where there are no air horns. So it wouldn't be as prevalent. You'd probably still hear them because a lot of the stuff you do hear on, on the TV broadcast. But if you're hearing the air horns a lot, that's a TSN problem. That's something that should be addressed with TSN. If you want to direct your anger towards someone, don't direct it towards the fans. They're trying their best to pay attention and participate in this game. Direct it at TSN because they're the broadcasters. They're the ones that set this up so that you hear those annoying, quote-unquote, air horns. As far as I'm concerned, I think whatever it takes to make noise, to get, this, get these people excited about football, you let them do it. And it's pretty clear the Alouettes... They were they were leaning into it as well online. Like their 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 Twitter account was pretty much saying, "Hey, we like the horn," or you know, jaw, jaw jacking with uh, Winnipeg fans that were blubbering over this. Like, you know what? They're having fun with it. You know, sometimes it's good to be the heel, as they say. Yeah. And 
credit to the Alouettes. Uh, we, you know, you know who the social media guy is. He's doing his best uh, WWE heel impression, and I love it. I, I love the fact that he's leaning into it and going for it. It's like, yeah, you know, and just you know, having fun with it. And that's the best part is you got to have fun with it. And really, truly, folks, if the horns bother you that much, if if you can hear them on TV like that, you should be yelling at TSN. That's truly how I feel about it. And maybe it's because our section, Tim, does a great job, I find, of making noise and being involved in the game and doing the right things. Honestly, it was loud. I, yeah, you can hear the horns, but they weren't so loud and piercing that they were like I, I, I want to say I didn't notice them, but I mean you can hear them a bit. But no, no. Okay, but but we do have people in our area that have that usually bring uh, cowbells on the daily, which is fine. Sure, but it's true. I really didn't notice it until I actually listened to some of the broadcasts. I was like, yeah, it's it's noticeable. Sure, is it worthy of turning it off? No, but you know, I guess it's just something. Again, it it just needs to be a modification of what TSN does with their with their crowd mics. And I really want to see, I, I truly don't believe, like people are saying, I will never watch an Alouettes game from Montreal again on TSN. Like, I don't believe that for a second. Like, if you're a diehard CFL fan that watches every game, you're watching the games. Maybe you put it on mute. Maybe you'll watch or listen to the radio broadcast. I mean. Yeah, give like, Sean Campbell some love. Absolutely. Sean Campbell, Marco Briette, listen to their, their broadcast on TSN 690. I'm pretty sure you didn't hear the horns there, but uh you know, there's ways around this, but at the end, no matter what, folks, if you've got a problem with the the air horns, it, it trying to stop fans from engaging in this game isn't the way to go about it. Go bitch at TSN. They've got like a bunch of Twitter accounts. I'm sure they got emails. Write your angry emails to them. Tell them like, hey, we can hear these stupid horns. We don't want to hear horns on, on on the broadcast. Move your damn mic. Cut the damn mic. Whatever it takes. I mean. Really, truly, you're watching the game. So, I mean, the sound may not be necessarily important other than listening to uh, whoever it is in the broadcast booth, you know, drone on about whatever. I I don't know. I don't care. Like I said, I'm at the game, so I don't even notice it. But yeah. regardless, that's where you're, you're – any anger or displeasure you may have when it comes to this, that's where your complaint has to go. Not to the fans that are just trying to – be a part of the action. Mm-hmm. Is it a bit much? That's debatable. I mean, making noise, like, again, personally, I definitely think you should be cheering, doing whatever it takes to make noise, you know. You know what was more annoying, honestly? Remember What's the that? World Cup with the Vuvuzelas? Yeah. That was more annoying. To me, that was turn off the TV worthy. Yeah, I remember those. And again, Montrealers too. They bring Vuvuzelas to the game as well, and some of them just don't know how to use it properly. Which no, but I think I can't remember which one it was. It was Brazil or something like that. It was just a drone of Vuvuzelas. Uh, yeah, and it, I, sound, it, I, it sounded like a like a hornet's nest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I said I get understand with people, but this, this was not it. This was not it. This is this is on TSN or or RDS's placing of the, of the mics. It, yeah, it's basically it's a broadcast thing, and realistically, like I don't know if the uh, the TSN directors or editors or producers or whoever it is that's doing the actual game production themselves, if they're on Twitter, you can bitch to them about it. But that's that's where it's got to go. Wherever anger you have towards that has to go to that, not to the fans, not to the team, not to anything like that. 
and again, if you really think you're going to punish the Alouettes or the CFL by not watching games, I'm sorry. I don't believe you. Yeah. I just don't. I think ratings have proven that people want to watch football regardless. I mean, even if you watch it with on the mute button, is that really so bad? I mean, if it really does bother you that much and TSN for whatever reason, and I agree if, if enough people are complaining about it, then TSN should take it upon themselves to mute the microphones, like find out where they are that's causing that. And then just either mute it or cut it off entirely. I mean, I'm pretty sure they have more than just one microphone folks. I'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch of them. Just like I have a whole bunch of cameras throughout the stadium. I'm pretty sure they have a whole bunch of microphones that they can focus elsewhere away from the noise. That's, you know, hurting your feelings so much. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, by the way, just a reminder, even though we do have a game coming up to, tomorrow uh, at Winnipeg, I want to remind everybody that uh, we will also be launching the next round of the uh, of the Sport Buff Flight Crew Seats giveaway. So stay tuned for our social medias to uh, have a chance to win a pair of tickets to go see the Alouettes play Saturday afternoon football on the on uh, August 20th. So stay tuned. We're probably going to I'm probably going to extend the deadline by about a day knowing that the game is not on a Thursday and it's on a Sunday. So stay tuned for all of our socials and uh, we will be launching that very very shortly. Yeah, definitely as soon as you have, as soon as you see that link go up there folks and we we'll, we'll definitely tweet about it or we'll post it on our socials. Make sure you enter because I I'm telling you right now the flight de- the the flight crew seats are outstanding and what better way especially to the next game next home game is going to be a saturday afternoon game yeah baby yeah by the way saturday i'm I'm putting this up by the way if you do if you are from the u.s and you are and you are genuinely trying to win these tickets i need you to email me so that i know because we usually will only keep these within you know, people within Canada, because it's really tough to tell to give away tickets to people who are in the U.S. that aren't going to be coming. But I need, I would, I would like to know. So I'm just putting it out there. It's still a by random draw. It's done by by the computer, so it's random draw. But I, at least let me know. DM me or email me and let me know that yes, you are thinking of coming to the game. Yeah, absolutely. Like we want to encourage everybody to participate in this contest. And by that same token, though. If you're going to participate, make sure you can come to the game. I mean, it, I mean, if you're out in Vancouver and you win these tickets and you're not coming to the game, then you're kind of doing us a disservice. So mm-hmm. please take that into consideration. Like if you're truly planning to come to the game, if you win the tickets, then by all means, we'd love to have you. And we'd love you know you spreading the word and letting everybody know so that they can enter and try to win these awesome seats. But we want to we we really want to give them away folks and by give them away means someone goes and watches the game and uses it properly so just please keep that in mind when you're entering the contest yeah. or telling people about the contest as well for us yep yeah. so the Alouettes go into this game as an 11 point uh, 11 point underdog it actually was worse when they first came out and these these by the way all these these uh these lines are are by five dimes um you know this. This is a uh, Winnipeg's been ten and zero before in their history. By the way, the, it can, the stats came out this week by uh, by the league, but they have been ten and zero before in their history. Um, you know, this will also be, I think, the the game where they are going to be wearing their for the for the W, their first wearing of the for the W version of their uniforms, which are very similar to the to the old signature jerseys. Um, mm. They're yeah. very blue. 
Yeah, they 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 are very blue. So on, you know, yes, I was going to say maybe the Alouettes could wear their blue pants, but I don't see that happening. So it will be technically another all white game, but it won't be at home. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, but this this is the place where the Alouettes have have had good results and uh, and bad results. I'm sure everybody remembers that collapse a few years back. Um, but what, Cliff, I mean, it's it, again, it's tough talking about a, a game a, an opponent two weeks in a row. What do these? What do the Owls need to do to win this game and to avoid being swept in this back-to-back series? It really comes down to taking care of the ball on both sides. I mean, if if you get it, if defensively, if you manage to get Winnipeg to turn the ball over, you got to take advantage of it. You cannot just walk away with three points like you did last week. You got to put actual. Honest goodness points on the board, and not just field goals or field goal uh, mm-hmm. as a, as the case were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Winnipeg. I don't think they've lost at home since 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or it, it's it. I mean, they're so good at home. I mean, and they've got their their fans. They don't need horns to make noise. I mean, it is one of the loudest, if not the loudest, barn in the Canadian Football League. Yeah, and I know a lot of fans. I'm sure that were pissed off that Montreal was able to hang with them and create this whole nonsense with the horns and everything. I think a lot of fans in Winnipeg are going to show up for this game. If only to try and drown out the team and try to prove that, Hey, we can make lots of noise and we don't need air horns to do it. So, you know, if that's, you know, if that's your goal for the game, then good on you. (laughs) But what Montreal has to do, if they want to have any hope in hell of winning this game is all these little things that we've been talking to these guys about, like all the little things that you have to do and stop playing against yourself. It's bad enough. You're you're playing the Winnipeg blue bombers who haven't yet to taste defeat this year. Instead of trying to beat, don't try focusing on beating the blue bombers and not the blue bombers and the Alouettes, because there are so many mistakes being made. So many little things are being done. They're just quite frankly, unacceptable. Like stop beating yourselves. I think that's really, yeah, all it comes down to is just taking care of the fundamentals, doing the right things. I mean, I, I say I've been saying this every week now. I feel like a broken record, but Trevor Harris really does have to p- play the game of his life. Like he's got to play so much better than he has been. And I'm sure he's having outstanding practice days when he does play. I'm sure he's looking amazing in practice to the point where he there's no question that he's a starter even when he's banged up. But, which is a huge but, issue this week, which I'll talk about in a couple of minutes. Right. But it just seems like well, as soon as it's game time, as soon as the lights come on, like we're just not seeing this Trevor Harris that everybody's talking about. And I'm trying to be as positive as possible about it. But once again, we're, we're, we're seeing him pad his own stats and put together some numbers that look good on paper, but we're still not seeing that, you know, that we're not seeing what we need to see. And that's touchdowns. We're not seeing points being put on the board. We're just seeing a lot of holding onto the ball too much, a lot of questionable decision-making, uh, getting away from the running game. You know, so many things that just make it absolutely no sense. I mean, this right. team has to find a way to win. Simply put, if they want to even entertain the notion of getting out of Winnipeg with a W and somehow finding a way to hand them their first loss of the season, there are so many things that have to fall into place really. And one of the things that kind of concerns me now is that Greg Ellingson is back in the lineup for Winnipeg. 
and that guy is a DPI machine. Like he will draw. Like if you thought Kenny Lawler was amazing when it came to drawing <laughs> defensive pass interference penalties, wait till you see Greg Ellingson at work, folks. And the way the secondary has been, like they've been so suspect when it comes to, you know, the referees watching them and not scared to throw the laundry at them. That's the thing that worries me more than anything else is I, I'm expecting to see a, the secondary really get tested. And I, I sincerely hope they find a way to stay disciplined. They find a way to yeah. play hard, play the ball, but just no more tugging of jerseys, no more hands on hands, no more, you know, none of that. Like just play the football that we expect out of you and just keep the penalties down. I, I think if you can do that, like you've proven that you can hang with this football team it's just now you got to really start taking care of the little things and just making it happen really more than anything else. I agree. Uh, the Alouettes have, uh, they're three and seven in their last 10 games in Winnipeg and have lost the last four. It all started with that, you know, with the, the collapse in 2017, uh, you know, 12 points, 12, you know, dropping a 12 point lead with, uh, like 65 seconds or whatever it was left. A minute 40. Uh, yeah. Um, this team needs to play 60 minutes. This team showed that they can hang with them for three quarters. You got to play 60 minutes. Uh, you know, all things aside, they were still in the game. You got to take advantage of turnovers when you have the chance. You got to score any type of points when you get a turnover, if possible. You didn't, you can't go four turnovers and only score three points. That's ludicrous. You can't, uh, yeah. you can't intercept Zach Calera's three times and, and still get the win. And that's just it. You, you've proven that this guy is human. You've proven that this team is beatable. Like, but not they're still not beaten. But I mean, if you if you if you work your plan like you have been consistently for sixty minutes, yeah, this team is going to lose a game eventually. But I mean, yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. No, because I, it, it, obviously the odds are extremely stacked against the Alouettes. Yeah, and I, I'm still I'm still saying. Like, I don't think they're going to get this win. I would love nothing more to be proven wrong. My bet is still outstanding. Yes. It's still there. I, if if somehow, some way, the Alouettes managed to walk out of IG Field with the W, I definitely will be making that charitable donation to the Alouettes Foundation in Gary Stern's name. 100%. Yep. But... Like, like we talked about, there's there's so much that has to fall into place. There's so many things that have to be done. There's a lot of work that needs to be done if Montreal wants to walk out right. of this with the victory. Right, and, and and as I mentioned, the only thing that really is scaring me right now is that Trevor Harris. It's a well known fact that Trevor Harris. He it's already been admitted that he was last week. He was feeling some effects of that hit that supposedly wasn't a big deal, by the way. Where he was pulled at the last, you know, the last play of the of the Hamilton game, mm-hmm. still feeling the effects of it, and is having a back problem. So he was very limited in practice this week, and they were able to control how much he practiced. That scares me because it's very potent. It's very possible. It could, I mean, it could, sorry, it could either just take one hit, one hit that hurts Trevor enough where he's out for the game. And my question is, how many? Reps, did Dominic Davis or Davis Alexander get this week with the ones? That's what I want to know about. Because they're making such a big deal out of it. Danny Mac already said that it was, it was, there was no question that Trevor was going to start. 
why, why not change things up for a week? Because we've seen, we've seen what's happened with some of the quarterbacks in the league this year. Mm. You know, I mean, th- that's the one thing that scares me this week. If Trevor goes down, we don't want to see our starting quarterback go down. But if Trevor goes down, how many reps did Dominic Davis get? No, and there's no question. Like Trevor Harris is Danny Mac's ride or die. But when it comes to the die part, I mean, if something does happen, and if, if he's having, if it's to the point where he, he Trevor is missing a day of practice, call it a therapy day or whatever you want to call it. At the end of the day, you're still missing practice, which is going to lead to concern. Some raised eyebrows. Yeah, and at that point. If that's the case, then truly how many reps are you going to give your other quarterbacks? Because if something happens, they've got to be ready to go. You cannot throw them in cold and expect a miracle to happen. I, I mean, I mean, Dominic Davis has experience in this league. He's been a starter in this league. Davis Alexander has not had a fantastic preseason and training camp. That would still be a very big ask of either of those guys to go in if they're not prepared. And I sincerely hope, like you, Tim, that they've given these guys some decent reps just in case for whatever reason. Like, if, to me, I honestly, it would have to take like a, a severed limb for Trevor Harris not to be playing in this game. Right. But at the same time, though, you raise a very good point about like if something happens, like you just, you know, this this Winnipeg defense. They're going to be out for blood. They know that he's wounded, you know, and why put it out there again? I understand why put it. I understand you have to, you have to disclose this stuff, but man, it just seemed that it was, it was, it's not necessarily that it's a quote unquote big deal. It was brought up in post game and and sorry, in in post practice, you know, scrums. Right. So, yeah, you, you could have just said, okay, therapy day and left it at that. Like, just kind of, you know, like, well, isn't Montreal supposed to be the cone of silence? We'll as see. Far as, we'll, see what, you know? we'll see what happens. Well, that's 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 Don Matthews. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, we obviously we're hoping for the best. The Owls need to get back off the snide. Again, they're uh, like uh, the, the past couple of years, they're going through a stage where they are wi- uh, in a rut where they're winning. They're in a one-two pattern winning one losing two let's stop it let's let's continue let's continue with the pattern let's get this win let's shock the cfl and show what type of of, of team the salowitz franchise is if nothing else as we saw with the the fellows that we were chatting with on monday like the confidence is there like they feel that they can win they feel that if they just do everything they're like they're supposed to do like if things are supposed to go as they prepare for not only are they going to hang with these guys, but they could get the win. Like that's really their belief is that we can beat these blue bombers. And I love that they have that. I love that confidence. I love that they believe in themselves that much. And it seems to be throughout like the entire locker room seems to be on board. Like there, there's definitely the cohesiveness that we've come to expect from these Alouettes. Like these guys are working towards the goal of turning things around. Like they realize that, you know, especially with a, a weakened Eastern division, I mean, it looks, I'm, I'm fairly confident, you know, now at this point that the top two teams are going to make the playoffs in the East and that's it. So you got to find a way to be one of those two teams 
by hook or by crook and you you, you got to win you really got to win i mean you know they that's, that's I know it's asking a lot because it's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and they're so good and so on and so forth. But I mean, but you can win on any day. I think any team can win on any day. I think that's well as Alouette fans, you just all you got to hope. Again, just play sixty and, minutes. So all we want them, I want you guys to do is to play a full sixty minutes. Um, it, it's really what it comes down to is so. you got to play like as I said, consistently inconsistent is what the Alouettes are. You got to break that cycle. You got to find somehow, some way. You've got to break out of that that pattern. Yeah. And if you could do it against Winnipeg and hand them their first loss of 2022, yeah, you will shock the world. And what that could, like the the repercussions of that, like the the ripple effect that that could have on the team itself, yeah, could be astronomical. Exactly. And we'll see. I, I mean, uh, game game them like ten up tomorrow night. ES, uh, I remember which ESPN, but uh, RDS, TSN, radios across the league. And by the way, just uh, to end it on a, on a good note, Cliff, congratulations on making your TSN debut. We both did. Uh, well, that's my second time, buddy. Well, snobby. You know? <laughs> I'm already in the club. You chump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, Cliffy, I'll speak to you soon. And fans will be talking to you very shortly, obviously, to talk about what happened this week versus the Bombers and to get ready for Saturday afternoon football. So for everybody here at the Alouette's Flight Deck, for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. Run final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.